2: Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without autopay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
3: Welcome back everyone. Welcome to Steele Talk. And if you are just now joining us, I'm your host, Jarilyn Steele. You know what we're gonna talk about right now? We're gonna talk about Afton Apple Orchards and what th- what this is all about. I have interviewed them many times over the years and Sarah Parkos, assistant manager of Afton Apple Orchard, is joining us now. But let me tell you a little bit about them. Now that fall is officially here, we have our pick of visiting several corn mazes, pumpkin patches, or hay rides. I don't even know if I had if I could ever get around to all of them. One of the most popular places to go is area and is in the area is Apple Orchards. So how is business going in 2023? And how much of an effect has the prolonged drought had on this year's crop oh my goodness when I was out in California those were the questions many people were asking we're going to ask Sarah Parkas assistant manager of the family-owned Afton apple orchard the company's annual apple festival starts next weekend and Mrs. Parkos joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker hotline how are you Sarah
4: Hi, thanks for having me I'm doing well.
3: It's great to have you. you know every time I get a chance to talk to you guys, you've got something new going on, so we might as well start with that. I mean what can people expect to happen uh, at the orchard um the apple orchard because there's so much that people want to know when do I go? what time is this do I can I go every day that sort of thing so give us a, a take on What is happening for you as you're building and building uh, the Afton Apple um, Orchard? I'm just curious to know if it's getting bigger and better
4: or not. Yes. So we're actually in our 34th year of being family owned and operated. And we are open every day, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. for Pick Your Own Apples, Raspberries, and Pumpkins. We have a huge playground, petting farm, Straw Mountain, Reach Red Hill, Johnny Combine, yard games, all sorts of fun things, and we have all sorts of apple time favorites. We have cider and apple donuts and snacks and gifts, all sorts of things in our store that are fall and apple-themed. It's really a great time to come out to the orchard in the fall.
3: I've talked to you about some of the, um, uh, what's, what happens when it opens, of course, and I talked to you about the corn maze and how popular it still is, but what is Touch Attractor?
4: Touch a tractor. We worked with one of our local um, tractor stores, Midwest Machinery, and they brought out all sorts of really cool equipment. They brought out some lawnmowers and a gator and some huge tractors um, for kids to enjoy to take pictures with and climb up in there and pretend they're driving. So it's really cool for kids to get that experience to get up close with a huge tractor.
3: Yeah, and they love it. There are so many families that come, and some come several times. It's really quite remarkable that this this tradition, it still carries on, especially with the family being involved. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about the corn maze, because that was the place where it all started. Do I have that correct?
4: We've had a corn maze for about 23 years. So right. we started with our apple orchard and things, but, yeah, our corn maze is definitely a hit in the fall, too. It's
3: a big hit. And then how does, how long does it last usually? Do you say, okay, this year we're going to let it last a little longer because so many people are asking to come and see the maze and that sort of thing? Um, is it difficult or do you already plan it out and it goes beautifully?
4: Well, every year is different. Yes, we actually just opened this weekend. We unfortunately had to be closed today. We got quite a bit of rain last night. So the maze ended up to be a mucky mess, but we have a 15 acre corn maze and yard games and an apple blaster and all sorts of fun things to do in the maze area. And the maze is divided into three sections. So people can go through the first phase and then they take a break and come out. They can go through the second one and the third one and it gets progressively harder each phase that they go through. And each year we have a different theme and this year it is a Reba themed corn maze, and it's Reba country to the core because we're an apple orchard first. Right. So we had to throw in country and apples because that's what we're all about.
3: That's awesome. Uh, I'm sure that the families are can't wait to bring their children that go every year. How do you get the word out to those that don't know much about you? It's amazing. You guys are well known. There's so many families that come out and really celebrate. Um, but yet there are so many families that go, what is that? You know, how do I get to know about that? What would you say?
4: I'd say a lot of it is word of mouth and social media has been a big factor for us and people sharing their pictures of their fun times at the orchard and all the things that they can do. And there's so many different things that we do throughout the year that people can come out during strawberry season in the summer. Then in the early fall, they'll come pick raspberries and blackberries and they'll come again for apples and maybe again for Um, the corn maze, do all sorts of farm things throughout the year. So I think word gets out and they share it with their friends. And then each year we have new people coming from all sorts of places and even some pretty far away places too, to come out and check out the farm and see what it's all about.
3: Oh, I believe it because you're not existing just to exist. I mean, you guys are working hard to make sure that this is a a fun thing for families, and that's a beautiful thing. So let me ask you then about families. Do you start to see totally different families, families that you've never met before? And if so, how do you welcome them in?
4: Oh, yeah. We have um, some customers that have been with us from the beginning when we first started our family traditions of us running the orchard. Um, And we have a lot of newer families. We have people from all different walks of life. We have some really young people and they go on their first date to the apple orchard to some of the old timers that we listen to their stories about their times picking apples when they were younger. And they just love to see how things have changed and how it has grown um, throughout the years. And it's fun to see those traditions still being a tradition. So families still come out every year and take pictures by certain signs. And we watch their kids grow up and we... We really connect with our customers, and I think that's what makes it so special to us.
3: Well, your family and their family, you guys gather together, and that's a whole big thing. It's really quite remarkable how many people come out to support what you do. Um, You talked about all the things that are available for people to buy and eat and just have a great time. So what happens when the weather is not doing what it's supposed to do or what it needs to do for the apples, for for all of it?
4: Yeah, we really... (laughs) We really hope to get through the droughts, and we're grateful that we do have a pretty elaborate irrigation system, so we're able to water most of the crops throughout the farm. And it takes a lot of guys, a full-time job to just move around the irrigation lines just to try to get things watered. But in the times that we're, you know, we have too much rain, we can't really do a whole lot about it, and we just kind of hope for the best and, you know, hope for our next crop to be bigger and better and, um, like... um, Throughout the summer, if it's a dry summer, we irrigate and we try to make sure the apples are great if the strawberries aren't great, you know. So we try to have a good variety so we can um, keep it going.
3: So what are you foreseeing right now? Are you saying, hey, this is going to be a great crop? This is going to be an amazing festivals that are happening here because the fall is just going to be perfect. Are you hearing that from the from uh, those that know that are in the know?
4: Yeah, actually, our apples have done really, really well this year, and we've been lucky to have dodged most of the hailstorms. We did get a little bit um, in the early part of the season, but we didn't get nearly what other farms have gotten with the hail. So we're grateful for that. But the apples are beautiful and juicy and um, really flavorful this year.
3: You know, I'm always curious about what you do when it comes to all the fall activities you've talked about that over the years, but also you've you have uh, magic shows, music, yard games and so much more. So there's a little bit for almost every age, right?
4: Yeah, we try to incorporate something fun for everyone. So, and I think one of the best parts about it is that people can come out and they end up staying all day because their family gets involved and, "Oh, hey, we're here. Why don't we play a game of bean bags and oh, let's go on the swings, and we have unique opportunities for people to kind of get lost in the farm feeling, you know, and they, you know, get away from the cities for a while and kind of their, the mundane lifestyle, you know, they can kind of do something different and they, um, kind of an accidental whole day long thing at the orchard that they just realize they, you know, enjoy it.
3: How about that? They realize that they enjoy it. (laughs)
4: Yeah, Yeah. of course. Right.
3: Of course, it's going to hit you at some point. Well, congratulations. I think it's so wonderful what you guys are doing every year, Sarah. It's a lot of work. Um, I have talked to some people that say, oh, you have no idea how much work that is that they do. Um, (laughs) And so I hope that you have a huge, you know, group of people that just step in all the time to help you. And if there's anything I can do, don't ever hesitate to ask. Thank you so much. All right. It's a pleasure having you join us. And I just want to mention your website, aftonapple.com. Is that correct? Yes, that is. All right. That's aftonapple.com. Thank you again, Sarah. It was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Coming up, we're going to have so much more. Um, You don't want to miss a lot of the things that we're going to talk about. Ryan Nelson is coming up at 8.35, and we're going to talk to him. He's president of Modern Artifact, uh, the PBS show, The Joy of Painting. If I say that, you know exactly what this is about. I can't wait for you to hear uh, what we have learned and what, what is so special about a man named Bob Ross. We'll be back in a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
3: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do is be here with you on a Sunday night. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Okay, I'm very excited for this next guest, by the way. Do you remember the PBS show called The Joy of Painting? One of my favorite shows. For 11 years, painter Bob Ross showed up on Television screens to help us grow our artistic skills with his soothing voice, signature afro, and happy little trees. Now, a Minneapolis based company has ownership of the first painting ever created on the show. Did you hear that? A Minneapolis based company has ownership of the first painting ever created on The Joy of Painting, and they've put it on the market. Oh my gosh. Well, we got questions to ask, like how did they get the painting and how much other are they asking for the painting? You know, can you hang it up in your home? What? What are the stipulations? Right. So we're going to talk to modern artifact president Ryan Nelson. He joins the show now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker. No, no, Jonathan. Did I say thirty five?
6: Eight thirty five, not eight twenty five. We're at eight twenty five right now.
3: Oh honey. We got
6: one more we 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 gotta finish out this segment. I then wanna do, do this
3: one now.
6: Uh he's I, I d don't, I don't have him calling in for another
3: six minutes. Yeah, but you know, come on. Okay, let <laughs> me tell you about me then, okay? <laughs> oh yeah, here yeah, I'm talking about me. Here's the thing. I love to paint. I started painting when I was ooh, I was married for probably fifteen years by then. So in my early thirties I would say, yeah, I loved it. And I bought myself an easel, and I had this huge, big um, window in the living room and uh, one facing the backyard, and I would draw everything I could. And I thought, okay, Jolyn, you know you're not that good at it. Nobody's going to probably want to see it, but the joy I had just every time I painted a stroke, every time I saw something in a store and I said, oh, I want to learn how to do something like that, it was wonderful, but it was always always about the man who made the difference as a painter bob ross there are friends of mine to this day we can go oh my gosh did you see those mints that had bob ross on the (laughs) on the little case Oh, did you see this and did you see that the bottom line is if you don't know who he is please look him up they've got chocolate candies now all about this man and everybody know he was pretty you know Very, very light-skinned man with a huge afro and was so tender and genuine with the way that he painted. Now, for me, I was never a great painter. I'm going to tell it to you right like it is because that's my truth. But the joy I had of sitting in that window trying to draw a duck or a goose or a beautiful bird or just a, a branch, a leaf that was turning in the fall. The sumacs had come out and I wanted to paint them. All of that. And I was so embarrassed to let anybody see it. I didn't want anyone to see it. And I still have many of them. I shouldn't say many because I didn't do a whole lot, but I did enough. But I think about it often and I keep saying to myself, should I go back, get my easel? Should I go back and get the canvases? Should I go and just sit outside and paint? Well, if Bob were here with us, I know he would tell me to do it no matter what. I think he would tell you to do it no matter what because there's something really soothing. There's no perfect picture for me. Some people look at it and go, oh, there's nothing better than this particular picture. There's nothing better than this particular painting. But for most of us, we're going to see something the others don't see. And when you can find something that the others don't see, you've got something special. So I can't say that I have something special when it comes to painting. But I will say this, oh, how I loved watching Bob Ross on television, painting, you know, every cloud, every moment in the sky, just beautiful. So, yeah, we may not like what we have when it's all over. We may put it away and think, oh, that really was awful. Or maybe we can just sit and go, that was pretty special in that one moment. I remember there was a cat that lived in the house behind ours. We sat up on a hill. And that, his name was Jake, I believe. And he would come under our fence and try to kill everything running. (laughs) Everything running. And he would eat everything. It was just amazing. And I thought, one day I'm gonna draw or paint Jake. And I never did because one day I saw some squirrels running from Jake and they were on the electrical um, um, line right over the house, and all of a sudden, Jake was in trouble. <laughs> bottom line. <laughs> all right, it's time for us to take Kids, a break. Kids, go to
6: bed right now. Go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> dude, dude, you did not hear what you just heard. You did not hear it.
3: Oh, come on. I didn't mean anything bad by that, so forgive me. we got to take a break, everyone. We'll be ba- we'll be right back in a moment. It is now 8.36 here at WCCO. Welcome back to Steele's Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. And of course, people get frustrated sometimes when we do the weather, but we do it because we, we need you to know what is happening with our weather. And we thank you for your, your patience. I'm really excited about this interview because as I said earlier, when I was talking about what I <laughs> was like when I was trying to, to paint, and I, I tried very hard. Um, do you remember the PBS show, The Joy of Painting? And for 11 years, painter Bob Ross showed up on our television screens to help us grow our artistic skills with his soothing voice, his signature Afro, and happy little trees. (laughs) It was a whole lot of trees. And now a Minneapolis-based company has ownership of the first painting, the first ever created on the show, and they've put it on the market. Now, how did they get the painting? I would love to know. And how much are they asking for? so that you can just hang it up in your home? Really? Is that what they're going to do with it? Let's ask Modern Artifact President Ryan Nelson. He joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. How are you, sir? Hello. Are are you there, Mr. Nelson?
0: Yeah, yep. I'm here. Thanks for having me on.
3: Thank you so much for joining us. I was such a fan of Bob Ross. I still love his paintings. I can watch them over and over again. And of course, yeah. um, to hear that now, the very first painting—you know—that that's a really big deal. Tell me how this all came to be.
0: It's so exciting. Um, so I started this company uh, roughly twelve years ago. We were buying and selling art, and you know, a lot of the most collected contemporary art in the world. Um, and I was five years into it, and uh, I thought back to my childhood and, and all the things that you were talking about. Uh, wouldn't it be cool to own a Bob Ross painting? And sure enough, was able to find one. It took some work. And uh, fast forward to today, uh, you know, we've been the the company that buys and sells most of his art. I would say over 95% of it. And we were lucky enough to have the owner of this that held it for 40 years. Um, She reached out to us and we struck a deal.
3: And that deal was the painting A Walk in the Woods, correct?
0: That is the painting. Season one, episode one. You could call it his rookie card.
3: Oh, man. I, just, I can just imagine the big fans of, of Bob Ross are probably listening going, dude, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. And it's worth so much money. I mean, it was sold for $9.85 million. That is huge. Um, and, you know, when it, you it hear had, about, go ahead.
0: It hasn't sold just yet. We just listed it for sale at $9.85 oh. Yes.
3: And so are you getting some people very interested yet?
0: There has been a lot of interest, actually, um, and uh, a lot of fans reaching out, um, wishing that we would, we would travel it and give it an opportunity to uh, be out in the public. So we've got a lot of diff- different decisions that we need to weigh on here in the near future. But, yeah, it's as you can see, the world news, I mean, it's everywhere. Um, everyone's interested in it.
3: A lot of people are interested in it. Many people cannot afford it, but they are thinking or asking, so are they going to sell every one of his pieces?
0: Um, So this piece came from a private party. There are a number of pieces that are on the market. So we, like I said before, you know, we've sold over 150 of his paintings. Uh, You can get into a Bob Ross uh, painting, gold pan painting, um, from back when he was in Alaska, Fairbanks around 5000 6000 and they kind of scale up from there. So they're not out of reach for everyone. You know, a, a really nice um, canvas can fetch as much as, you know, $30,000, mm-hmm. sometimes even a little bit more than that, um, and some larger pieces can go even higher than that. But the significance of this piece being Season 1, Episode 1, the very, very first painting of over 400 paintings that were painted on air, um, this is the one that got away. Uh, it's very rare to get an episode piece. Um, And, yeah, you could say, this is the one that got away. Yeah, well, it's
3: incredible. It's just incredible to even think about it. At the same time, this man poured that joy into all of us that were watching, right? We didn't just fall in love with his artistic, you know, um, um, how he could paint and how he loved it. It was far more than that. It was like having a friend for that hour, right? Um, And that was Mm -hmm. what I missed so much about him.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was just, a you know, just the friend. It was the the inspiration that he, you know, would put behind us all. I mean, I think a lot of us would look at those canvases that he painted and and we'd think that there's just no way that we could accomplish that. But I think that it was a a bigger meaning than that. It was, you can take on anything. I know you don't think you can take on this painting. I'm going to show you how to do it today. Believe in yourself and take that into other parts of your life. You know, and I think that that's a really important message. And I don't think that we get that kind of encouragement, um, you know, from a lot of other sources, really.
3: I agree with that, sir. I agree with that. Also, you know, he he wanted to find out the people, the families that were interested in his paintings. You know, there were places they would run into him. He would, he would paint on the beach. He would paint, you know, <laughs> on a little hill. Wherever it needed to be, he was there. And it was amazing how older people, um, people that were in their 80s, people, young children loved him. They were all just trying to follow what he was doing in his painting. And it made a difference. It made a difference. So knowing that and knowing that now his pieces are being sold, what do you expect the rest of the communities uh, will do as we hear more and more about pieces that are being sold?
0: Um, As far as the communities, could you clarify that?
3: Well, in the sense that you have children that loved him, their parents, their grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, you name it. There, There were people that would come just to see him paint, just to watch him paint. And that's what they wanted, that piece of him.
0: Yes. You know, I think it just brings even more excitement around him. You know, he never thought that he would ever be in the Smithsonian, and then he ends up in the Smithsonian, right? Right. And he never really did it for the fame of being this fine artist. Um, But this piece is really interesting, and it's interesting, and it's an interesting time uh, in the art movement. You know, you've got these institutions for years and years and years that told us you know, these are the artists that you should collect. We're gonna show this artist only, et cetera, and and directing curators, et cetera, to show them these different artists. And now you've got this. This is the people's artist, right? Right. And you've got this people's artist that's moving forward without the backing of an institution, right? And you've got this movement on social media that's happening with uh, so many other artists that are coming up and becoming popular that are skipping the institutions and the highbrow galleries. And so there's this movement in art where now the population, the people are starting to decide who's collected. And I think that this piece is going to be on the forefront of that.
3: I believe that. That's for sure. So how do you think he would feel knowing that his pieces are being sold right now?
0: I think he'd be ecstatic. Um, There's so many. So let me back that up. When we buy and sell a lot of the art that we sell, It it comes off the coast. It comes from really wealthy families for the most part. And this, you know, these pieces aren't coming from people that are downsizing because they sold the house in Nantucket. I can't tell you how many times we've had stories where people reach out and uh, they say, Oh my God, I had no idea that my painting could be worth this. My wife is in a situation right now. Our insurance company can't take care of this. Procedure that she needs. And we've got this blessing of this painting and the value of this that's going to be able to help us do that. Or a kid in Iowa, uh, like three or four years ago, that came to us. He bought two pieces at a thrift store for $40. Right. Um, I, I cut a deal with him. He got up here. I asked him, I said, What did you pay? And he got a little nervous. And I said, Don't worry. We already have a deal. I'm paying you full price. And, uh, I asked him what he's going to do with the money, and he went on to buy a couple lawnmowers, an enclosed trailer, and he started a a small business. So I think he would be absolutely ecstatic.
3: I sure hope so. Um, You know, it's, it's quite remarkable who he was and who he was to everyone. Anyone that wanted to learn just by watching just throngs of people would stand around him. And try to figure out what is so special about every stroke, every type of paint, um, or and, and every type of, of um, um, the tools that it takes to be able to paint these amazing pieces. So I have always watched on television, and I say to myself today, I hope one day we can have a whole throng of people gather together just to say, Thank you, sir. Thank you, Bob Ross, for all that you did. And now look at us trying to to do this your legacy trying to to make sure that we also paint whatever we can paint whatever's in our heart to paint and that's a big deal right i just want to make sure it never changes i hope that it's never pulled away from the moments we've had with him
0: yeah i think it would it would be i don't think anything's going to pull that away you know I, i just his influence was just unbelievable um and I think that these the paintings that are hitting the market, the excitement behind this piece, there's just so many more people that are circling back and enjoying those episodes. There's so many people that have reached out and said, you know what, uh, that man, he deserves any record numbers at any auction, anytime." time. You know, it's about what I feel when I see that piece. And, you know, I'm not feeling it when I look at a Marilyn Monroe created by Warhol mm-hmm. um, that difference. sold at auction for $200 million last year, right, you know. right. So... I well, think it's I, going to be big in the movement and, and another you know uptick in, in that viewership, just like Twitch. I mean, that was 5.6 million people tuned into Twitch in 2015 when they did the marathon. That's
4: amazing.
3: That is amazing. I just hope we never forget him, and I don't think we'll, we will. I think that there are so many generations that have now learned about him and his work and how it inspired uh, yeah. them, that it's just going to keep growing and keep growing. I hope that you will go from city to city or state to state or country to country and let people know how special he was. As you are looking at these pieces or selling these pieces, I can only imagine the pictures you will take. Um, and I'm just worried. I'm wondering, do you paint as well? <laughs> Not That's even That's a joke. Close. <laughs> I wish I could. You know
0: what, though? I do watch the episodes. I encourage everyone tonight that's listening in, jump on YouTube, watch, just sit down, relax, watch an episode because it is absolutely amazing. But no, I I create a muddled mess. Um, I'm not talented in that way. I wish I was.
3: Yeah, Um, me too. Me too, but I'm not. I keep trying, but I'm not. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Ryan Nelson, president of Modern Artifact. We hope we learn more from you as these pieces are being moved around and that the families that have them, or if it's even just one person, that they will really understand how much we love this, this artist and that we want to make sure as many people as possible around the world know him And we'll love his work as much as we all do. So thank you.
0: Well said. Thank you.
3: All right. Take care of yourself and congratulations. That's a big deal.
0: (laughs) Yes. Thank you. All
3: right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us on.
0: Bye-bye. Take care. Yeah. Bye.
3: My goodness. I don't know about you, Jonathan, but I loved watching his shows. To this day, when they play... Those shows again, you know, even if they only show four of the season or something like that, it is so spectacular. And it's his voice. It's not just his painting. It's not just the strokes. All of that matters. But this man's voice was so calming, very sweet, very kind. Oh, don't worry about that tree. All you have to do just to make it work is just put that little dab of yellow in. Ugh, And uh, I used to sit and watch it all the time, all the time. He would come on. I would grab my chair and sit and watch because I don't want to miss anything. All right, everyone, we're going to come back and, of course, do some um, weather. But our next guest is going to be at nine eight with Katie Bradley, plays uh, Afong Moy, the Chinese lady. And we're going to talk about that when Center Stage starts at the 9 o'clock hour. So stay tuned. Stick with us here at WCCL. Yeah, I still love this song. For all of you that are hearing this song, going, "Oh my God, I'm so sick of that song." That same song came out what five years ago, Jonathan? You think? And uh, no, this no? was
6: this is at least I want to say ten, nine no, or ten. No, no, yeah. you got to look that up for me. Might be really? sixteen. It might be seven.
3: I still dance to this song. Oh, I'll wait. be in the store. I heard know, this. Makeup.
6: There's a uh, there's a drinking establishment. Another drinking establishment that I've had to. Uh, Start going to because the old drinking establishment is gone. It's gone. It's out. It's done.
3: It seems like you have a lot of problems with establishments.
6: Uh, no it's no <laughs> it i have like no problem be. with it is gone it is something else now it has been it is not what it was before it's
3: not what it was before no what is it then
6: it's uh, a new place
3: a new place yeah tell me all about it
6: no no No, i think you, you should you don't want to know about no the new i
3: place. think you should i don't know if bob ross about, would like for you to
6: be. i i don't know if bob ross <laughs> would want to know about the new place Come on, i don't know no I don't know. we'll talk there at the break
3: okay is this is this one of those places where you go sing
6: no. Oh, no. 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 Mm-hmm.
3: What are you talking about then?
6: So uh, I was up at one of the new drinking establish- establishments. Oh, it's a I go drinking establishment. Last, yes. Last week. And this song came up over the loudspeaker, over this, over the jukebox. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, moving to it. And the bartender, the the, the waitress, they were moving to it. They, it's still very, very, very catchy. Very catchy. It hasn't... I think it might have gotten old But for, I'll pay
3: you I'll pay you to get out there and dance and let people see you dance and sing and get down. Come on, how come much on, how much me. you gonna pay me? Two dollars many, many? 2 dollars. How, how <laughs> That's how, what I got dude. How many zeros Two, did, I, did you how many zeros
6: are gonna $2? be on the end of that payment? Two dollars.
3: What this, what do you want? Ten? Is this gonna be a publisher's clearinghouse $10? check? <laughs> publisher's clearinghouse yes. check? That's that, only fifty cents. <laughs>
6: I don't know what you going talking about. Is it going to be a Powerball check?
3: <laughs> no. It might be a ball of power, but no. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Okay. So, <laughs> Jonathan, now i got to figure out how to stop laughing. Okay. You've so 50 seconds to do that. I do have 50 seconds to do that. Well, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. Okay, you guys, we've talked a lot about Bob Ross, and we are, we're going to Uh, talk about plays now because center stage is what's all it's all about in the 10 o'clock hour and the nine o'clock hour forgive me from nine to 10 o'clock we talk to guests that are artists and uh, I just want to say thank you to all of you who really are concerned about the artists and whether or not they are able to still do what they do even with the pandemic because this pandemic comes and goes comes and goes and it's frustrating when you lose work and so much more. So thank you for all of those that are reaching out to make sure that they have what they need. That is a godsend. All right, we'll come back next with Katie Bradley as our guest in just a moment.
2: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month.
3: New iPhone 15s? It's over
2: here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.